Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. Church family, and thank you for joining us for Church Online this morning. And there is another group meeting on Church on the Lawn as well. So we're a church in multiple locations, and I'm so glad to, that you're part of that this morning. Hey, thanks for coming and being part of this. We're going to get into God's Word. And, and as I was digging in and asking the Holy Spirit, what shall I share with you today? These words for such a time as this kept coming to me. And, and I've been hearing these words resonate in my spirit for several weeks now. And and while I know what these words personally mean to me, what is the message for us? This being our first Sunday together in over 15 months on Church on the Lawn, you know, what would you have me speak, Lord? And and talk about a heavy weight I felt while I asked this question of God. Then my brain got to thinking like it does and, and thought, what if this Sunday, today, we get to meet in person and then next week, we're back on lockdown. That's how my brain works for you. But then I was like, well, what if? What would be the one message that I would want to bring to equip our church family with? What would the message be that must be shared? And then the Holy Spirit brought me back to reality. God's word never fails. So no matter the message, God's word never fails. So preach the word is what I hear, what I heard from the spirit. Amen. And that is where we're going to start today's message. Preach the word. How? Be bold. And that is today's title, Be Bold. So let's begin to be bold. So quickly looking at the opposite of being bold. What is that? Well, that's being timid and being fearful. Now, we've all lived through the last 15 months 16 months now, and some would say that this was a great time of being fearful, fearful of the virus, fearful of the unknown, fearful of losing your job, of ever increasing living costs, fearful of not knowing if you would run out of toilet paper, right? Or if you were going to be stuck with that hairdo, right? So while some of our fears are rational, there are many fears that are irrational. There's healthy fear that protects us from harm. And then there is fear that limits us from being bold. I was reminded the other day of my grade eight class trip, which happened to be to Niagara Falls. Uh, I grew up in London and our trip was to Niagara Falls. And on this trip, the entire class was to take that cable car across the Whirlpool area. And I know many of you know where that is. Well, I had a very, very serious fear of heights as a young boy. And, and there was no way I was getting in the, the cable car. Now, I must have been trembling with fear because I remember Mr. Ennis, my grade eight teacher, trying to convince me to join the rest of the class. And But I wasn't stepping into that thing. There's no way. And as I recalled the other day, the entire class went without me. But Mr. Ennis, he stayed behind with me. And as we together stood there, we watched the entire class go across on the cable car. Now, Totally an irrational fear. But Mr. Ennis stayed and he comforted me. And by the time the cable car returned, he had time to speak to me and encourage me. And, and he wanted me to experience the same thing, this, this new thing. And, and I know I must have been very afraid still 
But he and I, we went across together after the class had returned. And, you know, there's been many instances since then where irrational fear sneaks up on me. And I just have to remind myself that I made it across. I made it back and all was fine on the cable car. That also reminds me of the first time my daughter Raven convinced me to try sushi. Now, I watched others uh, eating it at the restaurant and dining, and they weren't falling on the floor and choking and dying. So I figured, let's try this. And I did, and I loved it. So you know what? Fears, irrational fears can get the best of us sometimes. So this morning, while we could talk all day and then some about fear, I've been led to equip us in our faith, a bold faith, a courageous, bold faith. So what does it mean to be bold? And where does boldness come from? Well, boldness is behavior born out of belief. Say that again. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Because what you believe determines how you behave. If you believe everybody is going to criticize you, you will limit what you do and what you say. If you believe you're going to fail, you're not going to take any types of risks. Now, if you believe that God is calling you, empowering you, and equipping you, would you not live a bold life? Why? Because boldness is behavior born out of belief. The Greek word that uh, for boldness is translated as parasyria, and it means to speak, but more than just speaking, it means outspokenness, assurance, courage, confidence, and to act without fear. Now, what I heard the Holy Spirit speak to my heart was that we are to be a church that is known by our boldness in Christ, that God give us courage, that he give us an outspoken spirit, and that God give us the desire to act without fearing, that God make us bold beyond our own strengths. So let's open up God's word to the book of Matthew. And let's talk about Peter as he was characterized as a man in these verses we're going to look at with a man with bold intentions, but fearful actions. Now, in Matthew 26, verses 33 to 35, Peter makes a bold statement and he says this. Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same thing. Now, in the book of Luke, chapter 22, verses 54 to 62, you can read that before the day ended at three different times, Peter did, in fact, deny Jesus. He was so fearful that even a little girl caused him to deny Christ. He had bold intentions by what he said to Jesus, but fearful actions followed. But then something happened in Peter. And this is the exciting part of today's message because it can happen to you. It can happen to me. It can happen to us all. After the death and resurrection of Jesus, Peter encountered Jesus, as we read in John 21, take time and read the full chapter later. But for now, I'll summarize using the day version. It goes something like this. Jesus said in today's English, something like, hey, Peter, you are forgiven. It's all good. You're on the team. Let it go. Go out. Be bold. Take care of my sheep. Go take care of the people. Something like that. But then 
Then it happened. A switch flipped. And all of a sudden, Peter got bold. And he went out and then he preached one of the boldest messages in history to a large group. Now you can read the full message in Acts chapter 2 verses 14 to 41. As summarizing, he said, you're corrupt generation. You need to turn from your sins. Repent in the name of Jesus Christ and be baptized. He didn't hold back from preaching the truth of Christ. Now we read in verse 41 and 3,000 people were saved on that day. Preach the word, Peter. Preach the word. That's good preaching. Now we read later in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. But when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him and said, and as did John, and then Peter said, look at us, right? Look at us. So the man gave them his attention. He was expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Pause for a moment. Can you imagine the boldness to walk up to someone, let alone someone for 40 years who has not been able to walk, walk up to them and say to them to do the one thing they cannot do. And then the man does it because of Christ in Peter. Be bold. That's bold. And you know what happens when you're bold? The enemy is going to take notice. And that's exactly what happened then too. So let's continue reading in Acts chapter 4, starting at verses 1 to 3. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But wait, there's more. Verse 4 reads this, But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. That's awesome. Amen. Do you see a pattern forming? Being bold, empowered by the Holy Spirit, preaching the uncompromised message of the gospel, the good news of eternal life uh, through Christ's salvation for all. Do you see the pattern when we do what Jesus commanded to us to do in Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20? Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
Do you see what happens? Many are added to those that believe and follow. Lives are changed, the lame walk, the blind see, captives are set free. Amen. So the Sanhedrin's justice system, not much of a justice system at all, what they would do is they would get in their fancy robes, they would line up and form a large circle around those on trial. And those on trial would be placed in the middle of the circle. And then they would yell questions and make accusations from all the multiple directions. And, and then they would decide on the accused's fate. You know, we're going to just beat you up for today. Or we're going to imprison you for life. Or we're going to kill you and we're going to do it now. All this was going on and Peter and John, they were in the middle and they were being accused and questioned. And one person asked in Acts chapter four, verse seven, by what name and by what authority do you do these things? Now are you ready. This is bold time. How would you answer this question if this were you tomorrow? Let's continue reading in verse eight. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, don't just read past that. That's very, very important. This isn't in Peter power. This isn't not in his own strength. Peter is filled with the power of God. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. And so he says to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. No, he didn't. But yes, he did. Right. That was bold. You see, the Sanhedrin, they absolutely despised. They loathed Jesus and they rejoiced that he had died. They never wanted to hear the name of Jesus or to hear from any of Jesus's followers ever again. Now, one of their foundations of their beliefs was that resurrection was impossible. They did not believe that anyone could be resurrected from the dead. So keeping that in mind, Peter was speaking at the people who had the power to kill Jesus and said directly to them, you killed Jesus. He's back. He's raised from the dead. Jesus is alive in your face, Sanhedrin, right? No other name, no other name but Jesus. And 2,000 years ago, our Lord's name was very controversial then. 2,000 years later, what name brings so much controversy? The name of Jesus. Think about it for a moment. In our world today, a person can be spiritually bold about all sorts of things, and it's fine and it's accepted. Now, most all people are open to a little God talk, right? A little spiritual discussion sprinkled here and there, maybe even talking about some power and rocks or something like that. But, but when you bring Jesus into the discussion, People start to freak out. Now, not everyone, but if it's happened to you, you know what I mean. Now, for sure, we can talk about a higher power and God did this or that and the spirit did this and, and I'm a spiritual person. I've got spirituality. But as soon as you say, Jesus, everything changes. 
Walls go up. People, people shut off listening to you. Your calls don't get returned. There's just something about that name. And for those of you who are followers, you know his name. The name of Jesus is the sweetest name you have ever known. Amen. So let's get back to the message. The religious leaders, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. And verse 13 shows us their response. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Now we are going to dig deep into verse 13 today to equip us with God's word. So I pray that these truths that we're going to talk about take deep root in your heart. So firstly, remember this. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. See, the leaders could see that Peter and John were ordinary men with no special training in scripture. You're going to like this. The Greek word that's translated as ordinary is idiotis. It means unlearned, unschooled, and it can mean ordinary, but the most accurate translation to our English is the word, you guessed it, come on, say it with me, idiot. Right? Leaders were amazed and couldn't believe the boldness of these idiots. Now, before I move on, just for all of you that are the best and the smartest person in the room, know that God can still use you too. And he does. But God specializes in using idiots. God loves using ordinary people. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. He loves to take people that others overlook and give them boldness. Now you may be thinking to yourself, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not, I'm not naturally bold. I'm, I'm a quiet person. I'm not well versed in the Bible. I'm, I'm just a stay at home mom. I'm just a student. I'm, I'm just too old. I'm, I'm just too young. I'm just to this. I'm just to that. It's one of my pet peeves. Let me remind you, you're not a Jesta, okay? You're not a Jesta. You are a called out people. You're set apart for God's glory. You are an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. You're equipped and empowered by the Holy Spirit to live a complete, a full, and an abundant life. You are, you are, and yes, you are more than you believe you are. Now, how do I know this? Because I know God believes in you. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. No matter the just excuses you put up as roadblocks, I could tell you that you are more than just. A, and the fact is that you are justified because of Christ in you. Thank you, Lord, for justifying us. So how can you be bold? Well, for some of you, it's a silent whisper. And for some, it's yelling from the rooftops, okay? As unique as each of you are, there's infinite ways for each of us to be bold. Now, you could be at work, school, hanging with some peeps, and the conversation turns, and you find that you're now part of a gaggle of gossipers. Instead of engaging by joining in or an equally bad choice to stay, say nothing, remain silent, and just listen, Instead, because of your faith, you decide, I'm not hanging around this. You get up and you walk away. Do you want to know something? That is a bold move. Now, you may be in business and you're conducting a business deal, which you could make a lot of money from. But there's just something about this deal that doesn't feel right. And, and you don't think that it's ethical. So because of your faith, you decide to walk away 
from a profitable deal. Now, those around you, they don't understand how you could pass up such a deal. That is a bold decision. You may be a young guy or older guy, unmarried or married. Let's face it, guys. God created women to be beautiful, and we as men, we're attracted with our eyes. You want to make a bold choice with your eyes and make a stand for your faith. Instead of ogling women, make a choice to see women like God created them in his image, in the image of God. By doing this, you will honor your girlfriend, your fiance, your wife or future wife that you have yet not met, but you will honor them and you will honor God who calls us to a higher standard than what the world portrays as normal. If you do that, you will be bold. Now, on that topic, I recall many years ago, we lived in Owen Sound and I was driving down the main street one afternoon and I came to a stop at, at a stoplight. And, and this young lady, very, very pretty, very attractive young lady, she crossed the street in front of me and I caught myself staring at her. She was very easy on the eyes. And, and as I said, I caught myself. And let's be honest, you know, my glance went from seeing her to sitting with my eyes. I had to physically turn my head away and look away at the other direction. And as I, as I did that, I noticed two young men standing on the sidewalk, staring at her as well. Their jaws uh, were down to the sidewalk. And I thought to myself, that's exactly how I must have appeared too. I confessed and asked God to forgive me before the light turned green and went on my way. Now, when I got home later, I told Isabel what had happened and I thanked the Lord for his leading me. And, and later that evening, that very evening, Isabel and I, we went for a walk downtown and we stopped by a, this French fry truck that we had never been to for the first time. And you guessed it, walking up to this French fry truck, the server was this young, pretty lady. And Isabel and I, we, we got to talk with her and, and God showed me that she was even more beautiful on the inside. I remember this very clearly, and I remember thanking God for a complete lesson in one day. Now, I share the story not to boast and say, look what I did and how good I am. Not at all. No, uh, for I could also share numerous stories with you that I've blown it, failed miserably. And what could have been uh, a day lesson has taken a lifetime and still in process. And I'm sure you can say amen to that with me as you're in your process. But we're all learning. But this story, I can tell you, I had to be bold, take a stand for my faith, and God was glorified through this. Those are just a few examples. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Next is, your boldness will amaze the world. When you become bold in your faith for the glory of God, your boldness will amaze the world. Verse 13 says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They were amazed. The Sanhedrin knew they could kill these two. And Peter and John, they didn't care. They spoke with conviction in what they believed. They didn't hold back any punches. In fact, they delivered a number of vertical direct uppercuts to the chin and, and knocked out the council by being two idiots that were able to speak under the power of the Holy Spirit. And they led thousands to believe in Christ. Amen. So here's another question I want to ask you. When was the last time someone was amazed by your boldness? When was the last time someone was amazed by your boldness? Now, if there was a boldness scale, uh, with 10 being the highest that others would rank you, and one being people haven't been amazed in years by what they see, how would you rate? Now, it's not a scale of guilt. 
This is not a comparison chart to those around you. It's simply a means to get you thinking about you, your life, and how your how you live your unique life, a life worthy of being called to live, an abundant life that, as a follower of Jesus, you have been blessed with. Remember, some lives whisper and some lives yell, and there are infinite ways of being bold. So the question is, where do you think you are on your scale? Now, some of you um, may say to yourself, uh, I'm not bold in my faith. Not at all. I don't even rate a one, two or a three. Uh, that leads me to something we've been talking about before COVID during this time apart. And we will keep talking about it for years to come. And those that follow us will continue to talk about it too. What we need to know is spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. Spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. At the end of verse 13, we read that the Sanhedrin council recognized that Peter and John had been with Jesus. How is it that Peter in the face of being killed for his belief in Christ, could stand in the center of the circle and make declarations, proclamations, uh, the accusations that he boldly said aloud for all to hear. How could he do so knowing that it may bring his final breath? He knew Jesus. He had been with Jesus and the council knew this about him. So we've heard today, Boldness is behavior born out of belief. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Your boldness will amaze the world. And today's last point I want to make is from this verse. Boldness is not the goal. Knowing Jesus is the goal. Boldness is always a byproduct of knowing Jesus. I'm going to go back to the verse that keeps coming up over and over in our messages. And it's John 15, 5. I'm the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. When we are apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Knowing Jesus, abiding in Jesus, that is what we must do. He will do the rest. When you know Jesus, when you spend time with him in prayer and in his word, people will know that you have been with him. You live your life differently than how this world lives. They know that there's something about you, how you conduct yourself, the words that leave your mouth, the actions of love that flow from you because of who Jesus is in you. Now, when Jesus has set you free from living a defeated life, when you live your life to bring glory and honor to his name, when you pray to God, direct me. Give me people to minister. Give me opportunities to show your love. When you live like that, when you are guided by the Holy Spirit, you are going to see and have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to be bold in your faith. Why? Because you've had time with Jesus. When you spend time with Jesus, it leads to a deeper faith. And as your faith in Jesus grows, it leads to boldness. It's simply a byproduct. And as your boldness grows, it leads to spiritual results. You impact those around you. They take notice. They see this unexplainable joy in your life and desire to know what it is about you that makes you live your life in such a way. This encourages you to spend more time with Jesus. And when you do, do you know what happens? 
right? Your faith is strengthened. It grows even deeper. You start praying bold prayers and you see God's hand at work in your life and those around you, which will once again increase your boldness. And this amazing process continues through the life of a believer that is connected to the vine, that is connected to Jesus. The problem is the opposite happens to be true. When you don't spend time with Jesus, your faith becomes weak and the results are you become timid in your faith. And just being honest, you become afraid of sharing your faith because you're not connected to the vine. You don't see results in your own life and those around you are living lives that you have no impact or influence over because they don't see you any differently than themselves. What happens is you end up living for the lower things of this world and wonder why you're empty all the time. That is the opposite of living a bold life for Christ. But wait, there's more. There always is. And there's so much more. And because if you feel that that's you, if you feel like you're a one, two, or three, get ready for some good news. There is so much that God wants to use you to do and to make a difference in this world, in your church life, in your life, in your family, with those who you work with, with those that you encounter, with all of those in your life. Now, I want to leave you here today having been encouraged because you, you, yes, you are here for a purpose and God desires to do great things in your life and through your life. Now, if you'll spend time with Jesus, he will grow your faith. He will give you boldness and you will see amazing things happen for such a time as this, for such a time as this. Let that resonate in your spirit for such a time as this. Let those words stir. We have just made it through 15 months of unknowns, of living day to day, not knowing what to expect. And, and now, and now, for such a time as this, you and I, we have been equipped with everything that we need to reach out into our world. Whether it's across our backyard fence, it's at the checkout line, or across the world, as we are once again able to engage others in discussion one-on-one, -on -one, what is it that you're going to share with them after 15 months of not communicating? For such a time as this, our Lord's Church has an amazing opportunity to share about how we went through this valley with Jesus every step of the way. We have a calling and have been commissioned to share the good news, the gospel message of eternal life through Christ. Now, I'm so done with the status quo. I'm not looking to return to what once was. I am looking forward to the here and the now and how many can we take with us on this amazing journey called life, pointing all the while to Jesus. Amen. I refuse to live a half-hearted life. I refuse to be a lukewarm Christian. It's time, church. It's time, church family, for such a time as this. It's time to be real. It's time to be authentic believers that we cannot help but to overflow with the spiritual boldness of love and compassion to help people who don't yet know the joy of life in Christ. If you don't think you've got it in you, you're right. You can't do anything in your own strength, as we read earlier. So my prayer is you would stand firm in your faith, that God would stir up a spirit of boldness with everyone here, and that we would become a church without walls, and that our boldness would be a direct reflection of Jesus in our lives.
Let's close today's message by opening our mouths and hearts as we boldly proclaim that God is good. And let's ask God to do a work in us that only he can do. So let's pray together. Would you join me wherever you are? Whisper or yell it from the rooftops. However you have been uniquely made, let's proclaim who he is and give him thanks and pray together. Please join me as we pray. God, I thank you today for those who desire to live boldly for you. And I pray, God, that rather than us trying to be bold, we would simply press into you and that we would know your heart and that your spirit would lead us and that your word would feed us. I pray that we would have an awareness like never before and we would see divine opportunities to share your love, to be bold, not for bold sake, but because we have to, because we know how good you are. God, I thank you that we will be different, just like Peter was changed, that, that we will live our days as you lead us to be bold, and that all through this, that you would be glorified. We pray this, and if you wish to continue to pray aloud or silently wherever you are, please feel free to do so as we close today's service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m., and we look forward to seeing you soon. And know that there is a place for you at The Gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.